to Bernier in the middle. Bernier sees Felipe open. Felipe runs. Felipe says the vial. The vial is open. The vial shoots. Oh, right, right. It's up. The woodworks. Good day, good night, and welcome to a brand new edition of Off the Woodworks, and I'm Kevin Aramay, and today on the show, we're going to preview the Montreal-Chicago game tomorrow, the last game at the Big O, and then we'll go to the Saputo, finally, finally, going back home to Stad Saputo. But before that, we'll talk about the Chicago game with Scott Fenwick, our Chicago correspondent, Great friend of the show. It's always a pleasure to talk to him. So I talked to him yesterday, so we'll have that interview a little later on the show. We'll talk about, of course, about the Jack Mack. Again, the Jack Mack uh, trade. See if he'll make his debut this Saturday. We'll talk about the week he had in practice and a couple of tidbits of news we had about him. We'll talk about that. But first, we'll review the 2-2 draw the Montreal Impact had last Saturday. At the end of... The New Jersey Toros, or if you like, the New York Rebels at the Big O, 2-2. It started off not bad, actually. It started off with a pretty good goal. At the, in the fifth minute, Romero with a magical, magical pass by Felipe. And I have to say, this is one of the game that probably tells us that Felipe's back. Not just to the way he was last year, because it was so-so. But the way it was in 2012 when it was spectacular and people in the league were scared of him. So that's what I saw from Felipe in the game. And it's very encouraging going to the future, going forward. And I have to say, the Montreal Impact are not playing that bad. Another, other save off the line just uh, seven minutes after the Romero uh, goal. Romero again. He lobs it. The goal's empty. Robles is out. He thinks he's having an easy goal. Lobs it into the goal. And then you got Segaya, who just comes out of nowhere, probably out of left field, came there, saved it. He saved it off the line. It was a great, great save off the line. Again, it's been, what, probably 30 times. Okay, I'm exaggerating. Just a tad. It's been, what, probably 10. And that's not exaggerating. If you count all the games the Montreal's impact played this year, some of the games have been like three off the line clearance. Some of them have been one, two. So there's been 10. And just a couple of them goes in. And we're talking about a whole new season for the Montreal Impact. They're not last in the league. With that, they're probably in the playoff spot. So the Montreal Impact are having a little bit of bad luck this season. And yes, you can always say that the Impact make their own bad luck. Talk to Ferrari about that. With Again, Ferrari, a tackle in the box. Gets called. When is he going to learn that the people... He's, he has a reputation in the league now. When it's in the 18-yard box, as soon as he lays a finger or looks at somebody the wrong way or just breathe on someone, they're going to launch themselves in the box. They're going to dive. They're going to do what they have to do. It's called gamesmanship. It's called trying to do what you need to do to get the points for your team. And you know what? We got lucky that Peggy... Peggy Leandola hit the woodworks. Hit it too hard. Perkins went the wrong way. It was an empty net. Leandola 
tried to be a show-off and curled it really hard in the top right corner. And he hit the woodworks. The bar was shaking. And even on the the rebound, they missed the net. So Montreal got lucky there. And then eventually it was 2-1 back then. You know what was the second goal for, uh, I got to say, New York? It was probably the worst play DeVaio made in his Montreal Impact history. In the, the two and a half season he's been here. Well, one in the two season now almost. That was the worst pass. He was almost running full speed toward his own act. He's like, yeah. Then he looks to his left. He's like, hey, Johnny's still there. I'll give it to Johnny still. I know he was not looking to give it to Johnny still, but that's the way it looked. I looked at it many, many times. There was no impact player about 10 yards off the ball. There was only Johnny Steele. Then Johnny Steele takes the ball, puts his head up, sees Leandola doing a nice run to his right, overlapping two defenders. He's clear off defenders. Nobody had two yards close to him, and he's in full speed, so you know he's going to go right alone on goal. Gets the ball, Perkins run towards him. Leandola at the right time just shoots it in the net and scores, and then it's 2-1. And we're all like, oh, we've seen this before. Damn it, Montreal is unlucky. If it wasn't for the ball cleared off the line, it would have been totally a different game. And exactly, Montreal has been very unlucky. And then it was 2-1. Oh, Felipe decided otherwise. It all started the exact play where Felipe scored on the header. The way it started is Felipe sees map open. And he gives him a very long ball. Everybody's like... That's going out. What a bad ball. And then it lands. You should have seen the weight and uh, the spin on that ball. It landed on the pitch full speed. And it stopped after two bounds. Right then and there. Dead. Maps takes it. Comes back on the other side. Crossed it to an open running in. Felipe in the box. Headed top corner. 2-2 draw. The Montreal Impact came close. To scoring a couple times after, if it wasn't other saves by Robles at the 86th minute against Davayo and then against Map and against Wenger. Wenger. Did I say Wenger? I meant Blake Smith because Wenger is not here anymore. That's a lapsus. <laughs> That's funny. Wenger is gone. And you know what? Let me know what you think about that trade. Jack Mack will probably make his debut tomorrow. It's going to be either starting role or a sub. Uh, this week, they're talking about Jack Mack that they really want him to play with the Vial. And I think it's a great idea. The only the way I can explain it from my point of view is the way they think about the game is similar. So even though people think they're going to step on each other's toes, I don't think so. I think it's going to be very different just because one of them is going to see the run the other one's making and they're going to do the exact run the other one would make on the other side of the pitch. So they're going to complement each other and they're going to split the defense wide open. They're going to split scalps right down the middle. It's going to be very, very hard to play against those two if the chemistry is there. And from what I heard through the grapevine, uh, the chemistry is there. And DeVaio is quite impressed with Happy Jack this week. It's going to be interesting to see tomorrow during the game what that looks like. Other tidbit of news, uh... From the game uh, against New York, it was great to see Romero score, uh, almost scored twice. A great game by Romero. I was very encouraged by Romero's play. Uh, it's probably one of the best games I've ever seen him play in the Montreal Impact uniform. And I know Kevin is probably saying, Hey, Kevin, we're hearing you talk about the game. to draw. It's like, it's like you're really impressed, and it's like day one. Well, I am impressed, and it is like day one. 
You know why? All the balls cleared off the line. I'm a big believer that the whole season could have been a, a lot different for the Montreal Impact. If you just look deeper, look at the stats, look at the advanced stats, look at the actual saves off the line by the other teams, the block shots, and stuff like that, you will see that the Montreal Impact are not having that a difficult of a season. That is one of the reasons why I'm very encouraged and I'm not depressed, even though we're 10 in the Eastern Conference with only two small points. Two behind the Red Bulls and nine. Two behind the Chicago Firecrackers, our next opponent. Two. But they have four as well. Eight spot, New England, seven, and DC United, six. Our top five in the Eastern Conference. The crew, the Columbus crew, nine points, tied with Toronto FC. Our nemesis, second in the East with a cracker at the beginning of the season. Sporting Kansas City, third. And third with eight points. But they have five games played. That's the biggest difference. Houston Dynamo, six points, four. And Philadelphia Union, six points. You know what? Standing doesn't say, doesn't mean anything right now. That's why I'm talking about it. Because it doesn't mean anything. I just want to let you know that with just a couple of uh, goals in, and maybe the turning around of the luck factor, the X factor, the intangibles, as you would say, the Montreal Impact could probably be top five in the next couple of weeks if things change. You never know. You never know. It's too early to tell. But you know what? They have a chance to do that tomorrow. Big O, 4 p.m. start, the Montreal Impact. Frank Klopas and his boys are going to play against Frank Klopas' former team. The team from his hometown, Chicago, Chi-Town, the Windy City, the best place in the world. I don't know about that. But to talk about the Chicago Fire, we have Scott Fenwick and we'll have him right after this. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. And welcome back to Afterward Works. It's with great pleasure that I welcome back our Chicago correspondent, Scott Fenwick. How you doing, Scott? Pretty good, Kevin. How's the weather up there? Finally, the sun came out, I think, for the first time in the last eight months today. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, exaggerating a little, but yeah, it's been the, probably the roughest winter I've ever had. Me too, my friend. Uh, down in Chicago, we were setting winter records. And uh, according to the books, uh, we haven't seen anything this bad since the infamous 1979 winter, which included one hell of a blizzard. Oh, wow. And speaking of not having the greatest greatest winter, the Montreal Impact are not having the greatest beginning of the season. And we can say that you predicted that on our Frank Lopez special a couple of weeks ago. Uh, are you surprised by the fact that Montreal has been struggling with Frank Lopez lately? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and how about the Chicago Fires? How how are the beginning of the season been? Struggling as well. Uh, so we have something in common. Uh, 0-1 and 4, uh, winless through 5, 
four draws in a row. Um, and the last two matches against DC United and um, the last one against Philadelphia Union, they had they went out to a 1-0 lead and uh, gave up two and had to claw back to salvage that point. Uh, they got lucky in Portland in week two. Uh, got uh, torched by Chivas in week one. And then they had a home draw, the home opener there, 1-1 against the struggling New York team. So uh, the fire, uh, unfortunately, I can't put together a win so far. And, uh, you know, the talent is there. But, you know, as they say, the little things are dooming them to drop points. Are they better than their record are showing? Are they actually playing better than the one-for-one? Um, I think they are. I think the Fire have the talent to be uh, a team that competes for, uh, you know, a fourth or a fifth playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Um, but, you know, in MLS, the margins are very, very thin. And uh, mental lapses uh, that cost your team goals, uh, you know, are going to doom you in the end. And, you know, uh, most of these lapses are coming from the back line. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, that story hasn't changed since last year. As you know, the fire missed out on the play-in game to your impact uh, mm. based on a tiebreaker, which was goals uh, goals four. Um, but I can tell you, if not for so many, uh, you know, aggro-defensive lapses, uh, one more point, and uh, the fire would have been in that play, uh, play-in game down in Houston. Absolutely. One point can change everything in MLS, especially with uh, the last couple of years with the parity. What would you say is uh, the difference with Mike McGee this year compared to last year? Well, you know, he he didn't have much of a training camp, and then he uh, had a hamstring issue. So he's still getting back into form. Uh, you know, despite his missed penalty kick um, last weekend, which would have miraculously won the game for the fire, um, you know, he looked like he looked on form. He scored the first goal, did it on the second. Um, and him and uh, he and Quincy Amarqua, uh are looking like they're finding their form together as a striking duo. Um, the question for me is, uh, will Frank Yelf continue to play four four two, or would he go to a lone striker, either in a four one four one, which is what we saw? Uh, early on, or perhaps a four-two-three-one to give coverage to that weak central defense. And if that happens, will McGee then go out on the wing, where he played primarily with the Galaxy, which would leave uh, Quincy Marqua as the choice point man, and then Juan Luis Anangano as his relief. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Anangano, how is he doing? It's been—I uh, heard rumblings that he's been struggling lately, and we we're expecting more of that uh, of that DP. Yeah, and, you know, the thing about Anagano is the DP tag on him, in my eyes, is a bit unfair. Um, the DP tag is only the result of a transfer fee. Um, you know, it was a, a deal a deal done by uh, the departed GM of Chicago Fire, Javier Leon. Essentially, uh, his salary is around 125 k at least that was the last report, and his DP tag is only the result of the transfer fee that was paid to obtain him. So... Um, my understanding of that deal is, uh, the, the idea was, look, we, we buy this guy, you know, and it costs a lot of money up front, 
you know, we pay a, a him, a, a, you know, a relatively little salary for a striker. Perhaps he reaches his potential in two and a half years, and then we sell him on and make money. Um, now, that might happen. Uh, but the DP tag on him is sort of uh, nebulous, and thus I don't think expectations of their should be that of a DP. Now, that said, he's had a, a rough start to the season. Came on strong as a sub last weekend, and he provided that spark that not only helped the fire tie the game because he scored a, a fantastic goal on a header from Mike McGee's uh, long direct free kick, mm-hmm. but he was the man who made the run to create uh, the play in which he was fouled uh, very harshly uh, in the box, which gave the fire a chance to win the game with the penalty kick. Now, unfortunately, it didn't happen, but, um, boy, if uh, the fire would have gotten that win, you perhaps could argue that Anangano would have been the man of the match. <laughs> and what would you say is the Chicago Fire's uh, strong point this season so far? Attack. Uh, Chicago Fire leads the Eastern Conference in goals scored. Um and, you know, like I said, uh, McGee and Amarqua are finding their form. Uh, you know, we've uh, hopefully Patrick Nyako, uh can uh, get back into shape there. Uh, Harrison Ship uh, looks good as the rookie uh, in the attack. Um, and they've got good subs to come and help aid the attack, uh, perhaps when the uh, opposition is a bit winded. Um, and then, of course, the, the weakness is the defense because – the fire also, on the flip side, uh, tied uh, for the most goals allowed in the Eastern Conference, right? So you can understand why the results are middling. You can understand why uh, there are four draws in a row. Absolutely. And having probably the two worst defense in the Eastern Conference facing each other this Saturday at the Big O, what do you think is going to happen? An attack game oh. or a very defensive game? I'll tell you what, uh, you know... If I'm Frankie Klopas, I'm taking it to this fire team. Uh, you know, he knows their weaknesses. I'm coming out of the box flying, uh, and I'm going to make the fire try to come back. Um, that said, uh, if that indeed does happen uh, and, the, and the impact go up, I can see uh, this fire team fighting back. Now, that said, one thing you need to know, this is going to be on the turf, correct? Mm-hmm. Chicago Fire has not won a game on turf since the middle of 2010. Oh wow! Oh yeah, they are o like o ten or o eleven and like four or five in 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 you know the last uh, you know what would it be fifteen or sixteen games they've played on turf. That's impressive. So, yeah, <laughs> impressively terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the and the pitch at the Big O is not the greatest turf as well. It's basically a, it's better than it used to be, but it's basically a cushioned carpet. But yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that being said, you know, I think the best a fire can hope for here is a draw. But I got a bad feeling that your guys, Nicky K, are going to pull it out, and I'm going to have to eat crow because, as you know, <laughs> I am a big critic of Frank Lopez. Absolutely. Scott Fengling, thank you very much for being a part of Off the Boudouric this week. Hey, Kev, always a pleasure, my friend. You, hopefully you enjoy that uh, sun coming out now up there in beautiful uh, Montreal. Allez, allez.
You're listening to Off The Woodworks. If you want to reach Kevin Arame, you can do it by email, offthewoodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter at Off The Woodworks, or you can go like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Off The Woodworks. You can get this show everywhere you get your podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, Feedburner, everywhere you like. You can get this podcast. Now back to the show. And... Thank you, Scott Fenwick. Again, you can reach Scott on the Twitter at OnTheFire97. Right now, before I let you go and get ready for the game tomorrow, Big O, and that's a Stade Olympic. Pinein, Metro Pinein, Metro Pinein, Metro Pinef, or VO if you want to walk a little. Be there. Go into the, the Cabinet Stadium. For one of the last time before next year. Because <laughs> it's probably going to be shut down. Eventually. And that's another subject for another show. A couple of games I'm really interested in this weekend. First of all, will it be the Andrew Wenger debut for the Philadelphia Union? Against Real Salt Lake. It's going to be interesting to see that. It's uh, Salt Lake. Romando's not playing. So it's going to be interesting. TFC receives Colorado at home. It's going to be interesting, too. And that game's on RDS, too, if you want to look at it. Uh, Toronto FC, Bradley is questionable. Uh, Defoe's questionable. Bradley's been on fire. No pun intended for the next opponent. But uh, Bradley's been playing well. And if you don't have it in your fantasy, get him. Get him. A couple other games that are interesting. Uh, will the Red Bulls continue their downward spiral against DC United? It's the rivalry. It's a, That's one of the rivalries in that region, D.C., New York. Will Seattle continue? Uh, Seattle could be a very good team this year. A lot of people see the Miley. I thought Portland would have been better. And I, you know what? I was wrong on that. I was right for on a couple of reasons. Like Bradley's still my MVP for the year. And basically he's leading right now the MVP. The fake MVP race. And the Galaxy against Vancouver. Can Vancouver continue on their uh, surprising run with Kyle Robinson this season? So, those are the games I'm looking for this weekend. And hopefully Montreal will get their first win. Hopefully it'll be at home against the Firecrackers. If you remember, I dubbed them last year, the Firecrackers, because they had a very bad beginning of the season. You know what? They did the same. So, they're the Chicago Firecrackers. I want to take a second to talk about fantasy. If you play fantasy MLS, join my league. Over 400 people have done so. We have one of the biggest leagues on MLSsoccer.com. So go on fantasy.mlssoccer.com. And if you want to get the code to join my league, just go on my Twitter. It's posted everywhere on my Twitter. It's on the pictures and on my Twitter. So you get the fantasy code there. Join the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are on my league. Right now, the leader. After five weeks, Gatineau SC, Mr. Yannick Leclerc, with a total of 325 points. He had a decent week last week with 58 points, but he's still first. But you know what? A lot of people are trailing him. And by one point, we got a number two, Empty Walls, Mr. Maury Roscoe, or Mrs. Maury Roscoe, we don't know. Well, only one point behind, so it's a very tight race for the top of the table in Off The Woodworks Fantasy League. Join the league, have some fun. And you know what? I'll take a second uh, to mention as well. I did mention the first, I mentioned the second. 
And I'll mention the person that is last, but no, it's not because they're not good or not or they don't have a good team. It's because they just joined the club. They just joined the fantasy world, and that's the Rita FC. Miss Christy Crawford with a week of 49 points, very decent week for their first week. Welcome to Off the Woodworks Fantasy League. It's a pleasure to have you on our league. And you know what? For the winner of the league in the whole season, you will get a prize. I'm still working on that prize right now. It might be a banner of Off the Woodworks. It might be a t-shirt. It might be scarves. I'm actually looking forward to making some scarves. If you love to have an Off the Woodworks scarf, let me know on the Twitter. Let me know on Facebook. Email me if you have ideas to get maybe merchandising, because that's where I'm at right now with Off the Woodworks. I'm looking to merchandise and to get you fans, you people, to get you something that you would love to wear uh, with Off the Woodworks, and especially with the black, blue, and white colors, because we are all bleu, blanc, noir. And on that, get off your couch tomorrow. Go to the Big O. Support your local team, support your club, and you know what? If you're interested in the PLSQ or the new League One Ontario that just was launched this week, take a second and go on the Two Solitudes pod on Twitter. The Two Solitudes MLS podcast, me and Dwayne do. do. Uh, right now, we just had uh, two shows this week. One that talks about the League One Ontario on the PLSQ, and we have tidbits of the news conference that Dino Rossi, the chairman of League One, did this week. Maybe talking about... Uh, a game between the PLSQ champion and the Ontario League One champion eventually. Could be type of a soccer bowl type situation, but for D3 in Canada, that would be interesting. And you know what? They have a lot of information going forward of maybe bringing D3 into the fold, into the Voyager's Cup, or maybe giving a little props to Amway, the Amway Canadian Championship. We'll see, but it's all great things going into the future with more organized semi-professional professional league it's all the better more opportunities for player to play means more players are playing at a high level and that can only be a good thing for the national program for every single team every single club in the country on that have a great weekend i'm kevin lagame and have a great soccer and it burns 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 the ring of fire